This is Patrick Perez Dominguez from the Minorities Report. I'm here interviewing with my brother and friend Taylor Perez Gilliard. How are you, Taylor? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Awesome, awesome. So, I'm here to interview Taylor because some people may not know, but Taylor is a transgender man. He has transitioned from a woman to a man, and it's been an ongoing journey. You're still on that journey. I am still on that journey. So, I want to start out by saying first, when you decided to transition, how did you feel about when you first realized it? Like, what age were you, and when was the first thoughts of you that you felt that you needed to do this? I was about four years old when I realized something was different. Um, I didn't know what it was. I couldn't describe it. Uh, throughout the years, things kind of just started coming up. I was maybe 17 when I knew what being transgender was, but it was something that was in the media that was negative, and it was something that I didn't feel represented myself at the time with how people were portraying people who are transgender. So it took quite a bit of time um, for me to be able to come to terms with there are all different types of transgender people. It's not just one specific way to be transgender. It also helped when I started coming out of being so religious and holding myself to a strong Catholic standard um, and then I started my medical transition at 30 I came out to my wife and my father solely just solely just them at 28 wow. so I know so you and I we've been brothers for about 10 years yep. you know and you know um, I know that when I first met you, you identified as a lesbian woman. Yep. And um, and your wife also. And so my question to you is, when you had finally told them that I want to transition as a man, what do you felt before you even told them? What was your thought process? Like, did you feel uneasy? Did you feel that they weren't going to accept it? Um, when it came to my father, he was the most important person that I had to tell. With him being born in 1956, I mean, there are so many things that were different back in those days. So I always had fear that he would not accept it, that it would just be too radical for him, that he wouldn't view me as the same person. So when I told him, it... it was relieving um I was still very scared uh to tell my wife but he was the one that if he accepted me it didn't matter what other people thought when I told my wife I was very scared her response was so supportive she was like I I've known um it wasn't a surprise to her it wasn't a shock um it has been hard with viewing herself in the way that she does identify because she still very much identifies as a lesbian woman mm -hmm. whereas I identify as a heterosexual man. Mm -hmm. 
So that has been a barrier that's been challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you say that uh, that you know the love that you share with your wife? It's not even on those lines anymore. It's more of the individual more than anything else. So, like, gender lines are really blurred. They're not even exist. You know, would you say that? I would agree with that. I would say very strongly we have become one. Uh, we are this, we're the same people. We're the same people that we both fell in love with. It's um, no longer about race, gender, uh, socioeconomic gain. It's not about materials. It is very much about love and just our souls connected. You know, I mean, when you had told me, I, you know, I, I wasn't surprised at all. I was actually very happy that you told me. And, you know, the only thing that I was really worried about was just the reaction in the public, in the general public. Because we do have, you know, we have Caitlyn Jenner, who was uh, a famous Olympian named Bruce Jenner. Mm-hmm. And then he had transitioned to being Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has been very successful in kind of progressing transgender rights. But even before then, you have Laverne Cox that was also, you know, a famous actress on Orange is the New Black. Yeah. She, and she actually plays, you know, as practically herself, but in a prison setting. And um, so, you know, while watching that show, I noticed that a lot of the women were very disrespectful towards her, you know, as a transgender woman. Now, as a transgender male, do you ever feel like people do that? I mean, obviously, you don't tell everybody, you know what I mean? But do you, have you ever felt that way at all? I have had instances where people were not okay with it, were <laughs> vocal. Um, it hasn't happened very often. I feel like, unfortunately, being that I am a transgender man and I'm transitioning to male, that I do have a lot more status. I'm respected more. And I wish that weren't the case, but unfortunately, we're just not quite there yet in respect when it comes to our female counterparts. Transgender women are still murdered at higher rates. Um, It's still very taboo. It's still seen to be with a transgender woman uh, for a straight man that it's less of being a man anymore if you are with a transgender woman. So I feel like we're just not progressed enough quite yet on their part. You know, when, um, when you had told me what came to mind and what I meant by fear, I watch a lot of movies, as you know. And I watch a lot of movies that document people of different, you know, going through different life at a different, you know, backgrounds. So I remember, did I, do you remember the conversation we had and when I mentioned about, you know, that movie Boys Don't Cry? Yes. I was in a classroom and we did, we watched the movie and I cried. You know, I cried because the reaction to the classroom towards the movie was that it was okay that. Brandon, Tina, I think it's, I don't know, yeah, Brandon, Brandon Tina, Tina um, it was okay for him to be killed because apparently he lied. So then I asked, you know, and I, you know, I was one of maybe four people that were really sad about the outcome, but also sadder about the general discussion that the class had. It was like, I won't say it was one-sided because I was pushing back, but I was crying. I was crying because this was a person and he was murdered just because of who he was, you know? 
and um, and I think that you know I was in a classroom full of people, uh, and I, I want to say most of them were heterosexual, male and female. And what I thought was crazy was that eighty percent of the class were in agreement with that that person lied, and that's why that person d- deserved to die. Now they didn't say deserve to die, but they made it they made it seem like it was okay. Yeah, and that's what I wasn't okay with. You know what I mean? And so, um, and this this movie came out in what the nineties? Yeah, in the nineties. You know, Hillary Swank, I believe, played Brandon Tina. Yeah. And um, and so this is back in what? Uh, let's see, I must have went to school like twenty twelve. Twenty twelve is when um, I had that. So you know, six seven years later, you know, we're dating ourselves here. Um, <laughs> you know, now it's become more accepted. You know what I mean? It has. You know, and I think that you know it's great. And I feel, you know, that we've come, we've come a long way, but we're not there yet. Would you agree? That? I would agree with that. You know, I definitely agree that when it comes to transgender uh, topics, people feel like they're owed your personal private medical records. Whereas with any other health condition, people don't feel the need. Like if you were diabetic. People don't feel the need to ask you questions, Mm -hmm. but they do feel lied to, even though they're not having a romantic relationship with you, to ask you personal questions that they really have no business to. And I think until we realize that we're not owed anybody's private medical background, that's the only way we're going to realize that we're all people too. And... We all go through different things, mm-hmm. but it's really none of your business. Right. If you're not sleeping or having a romantic relationship with that person, it really isn't your business what's mm-hmm. under their clothes. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way I feel about it. And in that case, I, from the movie standpoint, the woman that he was intimate with didn't seem to have a problem. No, it I, was her I think friends. She, I think she knew. She did. Like, you know, like there was there was a point where she knew. She knew. Yeah. It was her friends who still felt lied to. But at the end of the day, he, Brandon Tina didn't owe them anything. He didn't know the truth about what was under his clothes. That's his personal medical business. So I think we need to stop looking at lying is justification for harming another person because they're not lying to you. They don't have any obligation to tell you anything about themselves just as you don't have any obligation to tell me anything about yourself. So so let me ask you this. So I've heard, you know, I've had conversations with other people that are not transgender. Mm-hmm. And um, some people said, you know, liking transgender as, you know, sort of... Um, Similar to getting like plastic surgery, like getting something done. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, it's not like that. You know, it's not exactly like that. But what they what they tried to do was like it's not a big deal, and they sort of kind of put it off as like it's not. You know, it's like just getting plastic surgery. You know what I mean? Who's gonna question about you know if you get your boobs done? Who's gonna question that, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, some people might snicker, whatever case may be. But you know, in the general sense, you got them done. But who cares? You don't have to say that, right? Yeah. So. I mean, my personal perspective, like I said, it's nobody's business, right? Correct. You know, it's nobody's business. Just like it's nobody's business if 
they ask me, you know, what's my my culture, you know, or why is my last name like that? You know what I mean? Like it's none of it's really none of their business. Correct. But if I offer them an explanation, you know, that's you. That's on me. That's me volunteering yes. that. So I guess the other thing too is that so trans, the transgender community. You know, it's part of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. Q community, right? Or is it I? I can't remember. There is I. There's an I there. So it's starting to get really long. Yeah, it's starting <laughs> to get really long. But you know what? That's great because we're including. It's being inclusive. Yes. Now I do know that um, there are, there are people within that community that still don't accept, you know, transgender people, and you know some of the logic is that once you trans once you have transitioned to that respective gender that's you know that's your gender you know what i mean so there's no need to say that you're a transgendered male you're just a male do you agree with that would you say that you still need to say that or do you think that because i to be honest i can see it both ways Mm -hmm. i do have a friend who's very respected in the transgender community who um, does feel the need, he recently had a child and he does feel the need to represent and say that he is a trans dad. You know, I feel like that's a personal choice for everybody. Um, I feel like if that's part of your identity and that's, you know, how you represent yourself, that's how you truly feel, or you've built a brand, like if you're a transgender YouTuber and you've built your brand on that, then yeah, you certainly can. But I feel like it's a choice. For my personal choice is, no, I, I see myself as male. I'm not going to add transgender male or trans male. And I've transitioned and I'm male. It's, for me, it's, it's over. It's done. Um, but that's just my personal view on it. So what are the difficulties have come up when you're doing your transition? Like, what are some things that come to mind? I've lost a lot of friends. I've had uh, some family members turn their back on me. I've had some family members just as recently at Christmas uh, completely shun me. Um, I, I haven't lost a job or anything like that. Nothing tremendous, you know, nothing financially has happened. Um, it's just mainly with friends and family who have been rude and outwardly rude about it. You know, I got to say personally, that makes me really sad, you know, because um, you're, you're a wonderful person and you love everybody. And I think that uh, I hope that one day those people can wake up and realize that they lost out on a very good individual, a great man. And I think that uh, that's that's uh, that really makes me sad to hear that. But um, you know, other than that, let's talk about just common things. Um, has there been any issues? Let's say like going to the bathroom, which is some people it's a very big step. For me, no. Um, I feel like because of the fact that I was so masculine presenting regardless, mm-hmm. that I was more times went but prior to me coming out and actually medically transitioning. Um, people did not want me in the women's restroom. That was more of a fear for me. Um, I was more rudely treated there. Mm-hmm. I would say, no, there's nothing that has changed um, Public-wise, to anybody who has just met me, I'm treated just as any other regular male. Mm-hmm. 
No, I don't know. have any. Uh, I was there when you know fears. quite a few times. You know, in doing those times when you know before you had Tristis and you know you were a lesbian woman, mm -hmm. and um, there were times where we would go out and people would mistake you as a man. Yes. You know, and at the time, you know, I could see the anger, but also some confusion there yes. too. And I think it wasn't even the anger that they called you a man, but it's just a disrespect. You know, would you say it was? Would you say they were being disrespectful? No, for me, um, th they clearly, you know, saw what my physical uh, appearance presented, and they pegged me in the binary that they mm -hmm. thought aligned mm -hmm. at the time, even though I wasn't out. Mm -hmm. So it was incorrect. I was, I was female, but they had called me sir. Um, but no, the part that made me sad when that happened was that I still wasn't ready to live my truth. I felt like other people knew, and it was something I was desperately trying to hide due to my religious background. It has been a tremendous, um, almost like mourning, when I think about how happy I am living my truth, but how much religion is telling me that God doesn't love me. So that is the hardest thing that I've had to deal with personally. You know, I've read the Bible. Now, I know that you're Catholic, so the Catholic Bible might be a little bit different. But I don't, see there, I don't think there's anywhere in the Bible where it says that God does not love people, like a certain people, because of this. You know what I mean? I think that when people dictate the Bible, they're using it for their own purposes versus the actual truth. You Correct. know what I mean? There is nothing in the Bible where it's stated if you trans if you transition to another gender that you're that you're going to hell. There's I didn't see that in the Bible. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. So honestly, I feel like I mean obviously back then they probably couldn't do that, or maybe you know what I mean? They don't. I don't know what happened back then, but there's nothing in there. Like there's also when you realize that, and of course I think they were they um it's weird in the Bible they put whatever God says in like italics or something. Yeah. Um or in a different font. But God himself didn't say anything about, you know, gay people going into the lake of fire. Didn't see that there. These were men, you know. And you would think that if God, you know, God actually said those words, he wouldn't just use men. He would use women as well. Like, because yeah. he doesn't dictate. He doesn't care about the gender. Right. You know. So I think that, you know, a large part of the Bible and the Catholic Bible is just not correct. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's God's word. And then there's men. And I think that at the time, man was very immature. I mean, in the Bible, it also says that um, women should submit to thy husbands, right? Yes. <laughs> or something yes, like that. Does. You know, or listen to thy husbands or whatever. And it says men, you know, submit to your wife or whatever. But then in the same breath, you know, you've got, you know, women shall bear, you know, the seeds of man, you know, as punishment, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff. And I think yeah. that that's just... That's just a lot of conjecture, you know what I mean? Now, we can go all along about the Bible and about all that stuff, but, you know... I think I, that would bore the audience. Yeah, I think yeah. it would bore the audience. <laughs> but, I mean, I do know that, you know, there's nowhere in the Bible that says that, you know? So I think that, um, you know, I think that religion, people just use religion as a weapon sometimes to forbid others Correct. from being who they are, you know, human. I mean, it happened during slavery times, you know, in America. And everywhere else, you know, they said, oh, well, God put us on this earth to do this. And it's like, no, there was nowhere in the Bible where it says that. Correct. You just said that because you could feel better. Yep. So, um, 
Was there anything else you wanted to talk about, you know, regarding your transition? Now, I know it's not over, so what do you, do you want to talk about what's left on your agenda? Or do you feel that, that um, or do you feel that, um, that you won't be complete until you complete everything? Or do you think that you're already there? For me, I feel complete in the sense that I can go out of my house and I pass and it's no longer something that I have to worry about. Mm -hmm. So in that essence, I do feel complete. With In regards to aesthetics, mm -hmm. yes, of course, I'm going to have um, a bilateral mastectomy. Mm -hmm. and I'm having that next month in February. Um, that's going to definitely bring me happier and make me feel more connected mm -hmm. to the person that I know that I am. Mm -hmm. um, as far as lower surgery, it is definitely in the plans. I haven't decided which form. There are two forms. There's uh, metoidioplasty and phalloplasty. I haven't decided between um, the, because of the simple fact that uh, phalloplasty comes along with so many more risks. Um, and it was something that my father really was worried about. So, you know, I have to take into account the promises that I made him versus my own happiness as well. So that I don't have any more details on at the current moment. You know, I think, uh you know, that's another question, too, that I guess we should ask, too, is that for, for, trans, so for people transitioning to men, do you think that it's a, that you have to do these surgeries, or do you feel that it's just on an individual basis? You know Absolutely what I mean? not. I feel that uh, these surgeries, I'm not going to say elective, because they are covered by insurance due to the fact that, and this is sometimes an unpopular opinion, um... Being transgender is a mental illness. My brain was introduced to testosterone and my body was introduced to estrogen. So upon starting testosterone, you have to speak to a therapist who works with the World Health Organization in transgender medicine. You have to um, go through different tests and scans and stuff like that to make sure that this isn't uh, something that's maybe trauma-based or often uh, some people think they're transgender when in reality they just have body dysmorphia. They don't like something about themselves. So in doing that, um, I understand that this, the surgeries are used to cure dysphoria. But if you are dysphoric about something, but you either, for whatever reason, you medically can't undergo surgery, you're fearful of it, um, you know, those I understand, and therefore I still feel like your identity is valid. I feel like society isn't going to look at you as valid if you don't have these surgeries because of the simple fact that if you have a larger chest and you walk out and you have a shirt that's hugging, but you have a full beard, people are going to kind of question that, therefore you'll get misgendered more, which then really kind of affects your dysphoria and hurts your self-esteem and your mental state. So I feel like they're necessary in creating the body and the person you know you are inside, but if you're 
happy with who you are or you have a smaller chest and it's easier to hide and you feel that surgery isn't the option for you, I definitely don't view somebody as less valid. I definitely don't. I still feel like they should be treated with the same respect and gendered correctly. Yeah. Do you think that the biggest test that you're probably going to have is that I know that you've been working out and I know that you, do you think the biggest test will be, let's say you go to the beach. You know what I mean? Now, most guys take off their shirts. I, I don't. I mean, I leave my shirt on because I'm not as, uh, I am not as buff as I used to be, but I'm getting there. Um, do you think, do you think that once you get to the point where you can take off your shirt and, you know, you feel comfortable, do you think that that's when you've gotten it or do you think that's just icing on the cake? To me, that's icing on the cake. That's icing on the cake. It's, I d I'm doing the surgery for myself because it's going to make me feel better. It's not for everybody else. I want to be able to look in the mirror and say, damn, I feel good. I look good. And I, this is the way I should be. Um, anything else is truly icing on the cake. If I can take my shirt off in public and, you know, get couple stares from women or something like that or a compliment that's everything else is just icing on yeah. cake. Do you think that it's easier to transition beca now because you're also married to the partner that you want to be with in life versus um, uh, let's say a, tri a person that's transitioning to a man or a woman and they're not they don't have that significant other in their life yet. Do you think it's harder to date you know when you transition I mean but what is your thoughts on that? So I think a lot of factors go into that. I think at my age, you know, I'm 31, I think that for me starting out so late in life, yes, it would be harder because people in our age group aren't as educated on this. It's not something that they're as, you know, comfortable with. Um, but then on that same token, I wish that I would have transitioned younger. Um, all of this would have been behind me because this is a large chunk of time that I'm dedicating to this that I am putting my life on hold, just pushing the pause button. Um, but with that being said, somebody in their 20s with this being, you know, like you said, more mainstream and more talked about, um, I don't see people having too much of a problem, especially going from female to male. I feel like women are much more... Um, tolerant? Yeah, tolerant, yeah. I'd say. But for me, yes, uh, one thing that I that made it easier is that I do have a significant other. I don't have to worry about dating. I don't have to worry about outing myself. She's already there. We're already committed. And I know she's not leaving. Yeah, and that's a good thing because I think that when we go through, through things and we you know, go on these journeys, it's very important to have that significant other that's going to stand you and, and support you. You know, amongst also friends and your family as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess the other, I guess the last question we'll do is, um, what is your feeling towards the celebrities and the transgender community? Do you think that they have helped people recognize about this, about this community, or do you think that they've become more of a detriment versus improving? Um, what are your thoughts? So, I mean, let's let's talk about Laverne Cox. I think her character and her activism work has definitely shined a positive light, um, as well as having um, Elliot Fletcher, who plays Trevor in Shameless. I feel like seeing him on screen has been positive for the trans male community. Where I think it becomes a detriment is when we have popular YouTubers who can say whatever they want behind the screen of a computer 
or you know when they want to add other genders that are not that don't exist so there's male and there's female but now we're giving so much attention to people who uh, want to be called, you know, zebra gender, temperature gender. Those people, I feel, are yeah. definitely... Getting a little complicated. <laughs> yeah. They're detriments to our cause. Yes. They really are because no one's going to take you seriously. At the end of the day, it's we live in a binary world. There's no room for anybody who's different. And that's unfortunate. You know, um, like take David Bowie. He was a male. He dressed androgynous. He was accepted, but there are so many other people who are money, like him yeah. that are not accepted. Yeah. Because we are such a binary society. Yeah. I think also money fit talks in or you too. Don't. I well, mean, money definitely you know talks. I mean? like, Look at Prince. That boy wore high heels. Yeah. He's better got than money. Some, better than since women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Prince. Um, so and then now. You know, this is a middle, kind of a controversial figure because he's, she has relatively recently transitioned compared to other people. Um, so we're going to talk about Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner, cool. transitioned as a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. And so he's been very vocal about his journey. He's even documented it um, and I in, in the reality she, show. Oh, sorry. Yep. Yes, I apologize. Um, she mm-hmm. has documented that in her now, when I'm watching the show, her daughters um, still call her dad, right? Yes. So, um, obviously, they're comfortable saying that, and and she's comfortable with them calling her that. Um, but there have been other issues with Caitlyn Jenner when speaking out. Well, I guess the one thing too is that a lot of a lot of people I've heard in the transgender community don't exactly care for the fact that every all the attention is centered on her versus like other people that've been in the media longer, far longer. And it's kind of like, what well, what do you think about that? I mean, she's she's a high profile figure. You know, she was Bruce Jenner was this Olympian guy, right? Married to uh, Chris Jenner, who um, obviously is the matriarch of the uh, Kardashian um, family. That's also very prominent. Yes. And, um, and you know, um, she also has, uh, she has, she has a lot of children. I mean, by previous ma- marriages. Yes. To say the least. But uh, uh, she also has two high-profile daughters. Yes. And she also has grandchildren as well. Um, and, you know, I've heard some comments about how just because she's a high-profile person that has transitioned... It's taken away a lot of what other people have done for the community. What do you think about that? I would agree with that because in seeing her transition, she was on the show as representing as a male, Bruce Jenner, and then took some time out of the spotlight, came back, and now is Caitlyn Jenner. She's the person she wants to be. And I feel like it for most everybody else who doesn't have those kind of resources, it's not like that. I feel like it, it gives false hope on how fast the hormones, the surgeries, and the social accepting, and the accepting it of yourself actually comes. It doesn't come that fast. It's, you know, when I have to think about it, it was two years that I told my dad and my wife before I spoke it to another person outside of those two. That is a long time. 
So when you think about it, it, it doesn't move as fast. Mm -hmm. And I think that is an unrealistic standard. I also feel like um, she's a part of this community now, and she should be more respectful of other members in the community. When she was on the Ellen show, and she decided that she was gonna say that she doesn't feel like gay marriage is something that we should have, it's kind of a double-edged sword because she was still legally married to Kris Jenner, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, so, yeah, just to go into a divorce, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But then, but she said that Chris knew that she wanted to be a woman and that she was going to transition and that she st wanted to stay together regardless. So because you were married as a man and now you're a woman, you don't believe in gay marriage, but you're you're gay. You're, you're two women. So I think that she needs to sit down and educate herself in yeah. the whole spectrum of LGBTQI. Yes, because now she's a gay woman because Correct. she's dating women. She's yes. not dating a man. Correct. So... So he, so she pretty much went. Sorry, I, I know I have a hard time sometimes because you know we're talking about Bruce, mm -hmm. you know, and so then I kind of mix up the he and the she. So yeah. I, I apologize, but you know, when when she was Bruce, yes, you know, he was a you know heterosexual male, correct. Transitions to Caitlyn Jenner, and and now is I'm assuming a lesbian woman. Even though like I don't I don't think she's claimed a partner. No. She has a friend that she hangs out a lot with. Now, you know, there's a couple of things that come to mind when I think of Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, you know, I've spoken with uh, some of my other people that I know. And, um, you know, um, one of our friends kind of mentioned about how when he grew up, he was, you know, Bruce. I'm talking about yep, Bruce, Bruce now. Yep. You know, he was on a Wheaties box. He was. You know, he was, yeah, he was on a he Wheaties box. He was a box. man's man. He was yeah. what men of that generation strive to be. Exactly. He was, had a gorgeous chiseled body. He was just the, a man's man. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is one of the reasons that it is harder for people to look at her now and accept that because he was the pinnacle of masculine. Right. And now, you know, you know, Caitlyn Jenner. Seeing that she's destroyed herself. Yeah, I mean, I, she obviously has not destroyed herself. Correct. Now, I will say this: when I look at Laverne Cox and Caitlyn Jenner, I think by far Laverne Cox is far more beautiful and prettier compared to Caitlyn Jenner. Now, I'm just talking about specifically of looks. You know what I mean? Um, you know, people don't want to say it, but looks do matter in this in this world. You know. Yes. You know. The way, you know. So, you know. For example, Brian Cox came up to me, and I was, you know, if I wasn't married, you know what I mean. I would think about going on a date with her. I wouldn't even think twice. But then you got other men where, like, they probably want to do that. But then you have Kayla Jenner, who was, you know, actually transitioned when he when she was far older. Right. You know what I mean? So, Laverne Cox, I think she's, what, like in her 30s? Like, or I maybe... I think she's like 39. 39. So, okay, she's getting to the 40s. And then now, Caitlyn Jenner is, like, what, pushing 60? Yeah. So, you know, I guess that's a big deal, too. Now, I, I did see the... Did you see the Vanity Fair cover? I did not. Okay, so the Vanity Fair cover, and this was about close to when she had said, I'm a transgender woman now. And then there was the Vanity Fair spread. And I looked at it and I thought Kayla Jenner was beautiful. You know? I mean, of course, there's 
you know, it's a magazine, so there's probably some corrective things they put in there. Like, right. they, they probably do the lighting and all that stuff. But for the most part, um, Caitlyn Jenner looked beautiful in there. Now, do you think that because Caitlyn Jenner, you know, has this high profile thing, do you think, because I mean, when I think about it, I'm like, if Caitlyn Jenner was not who she was, she wouldn't be on the cover. Do you think so? Correct. But yeah. do, do you think that, that, um, that because the cover did that, that it's becoming more inclusive? Or do you feel that they'll probably never put another transgender model on there? Unless it's a high profile. I can't say, yeah, I can't say never, but I definitely think that the hype around her is what landed her on the cover. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that we're still at the times where it's not, um, where people are going to get on the cover of things. Take even Victoria's Secret. They have beautiful transgender women who want to walk the runway and be in the photo spreads and they're they just don't. So I think, yeah, to be 100% honest, the reason she was on the cover is because of who she is and who he was. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting how that works, right? I mean, now, you know, there's a lot of cautious that's happening in the transgender community. Now we had, this past um, year, we had our first transgender contestant on the Miss Universe pageant. Mm -hmm. And so, which I think is a big deal. Yeah. You know, a country voted for her, and I can't remember her name, but she was, you know, she's beautiful. She was gorgeous. You know, yes. gorgeous. Um, I think, I think, um, the, I think the Philippines won again. Did they? You know, what's interesting about the Philippines is that they have, for a long time, have had their own transgender uh, community. Um, yep. But I believe that they've been sort of, uh, what's the word? Like they're like a butt of a joke, apparently, um, in that in that culture, or whatever. What I mean by the butt of a joke is. Um, when I was talking to my coworker, he um, he actually was stationed there. He was in the army, and uh, you know he just told me stories about, about uh, yeah, you know when we get there, you know, um, you know we're told about bakalao, you know. I guess it's I don't know. I think it's, it sounds like a term that's not very nice. I don't know what it means, but he said yeah, you know you have to kind of be careful, you know. And I said, well, is that because you just weren't not you just weren't interested, or what was what's the case? And so. You know, when I have conversations like that, it gets a little complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Because you do have people who have transitioned but have not had surgeries. Yeah, you know lower I mean? surgery. Lower so mostly lower surgery. Correct. So, you know, so there's complications on that because you know you can transition as the other gender, mm-hmm. but then you don't. But then a lot of people put emphasis on the bottom surgery or the anatomy. Yeah. You know more than anything else. You know what I mean? Do you think that's fair? I, yes and no. I think that it's fair in the aspect of if you are solely attracted to a woman who has a certain body part, to try and force yourself to be interested in a woman who hasn't undergone or hasn't doesn't have that specific body part, I don't think you should be shamed into it or try and make yourself because you think that it's somehow invalidating that person's identity. But then I also don't think it's fair because at the end of the day, we should be getting to know people as an individual, Mm -hmm. getting to know their soul, loving them for who they actually are. If you have a woman who loves you, cherishes you, cooks, cleans, takes care of you, is there by your side, um, 
it shouldn't really matter what they look like, mm-hmm. you know, on the and I, outside. And I agree with that, you know what I mean? I think, you know, every individual has their own taste, they have their own likes mm-hmm. and dislikes. And then, you know, you have the ones that, you know, may have like, hey, that's a that's a cutoff, you know what I yep. mean? Like, they have their own, like, sense of tolerance, mm-hmm. you know? Um, fortunately, you know, there's a lot of people that just take people as they are. And honestly, like, I learned that from church, believe it or not. You know, come as you are. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, um, most people don't, don't mean that in the church. Right. You know, there, you know, there's been... There's been a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of cases, like, when a person comes to church, let's say it's, you know, a male person that dress, that likes to dress as a, a you know, in, likes to dress in dresses. Uh, you know, I saw actually a video of where, where the pastor kicked them up. Yeah, that's, you know I mean? that's sad. You know, and it's really sad. Now, of course, so apparently the background story was he had approached the pastor and asked him to help him with, because apparently he looked at it as an issue, you know what I mean, for whatever case may be. And, you know, I guess the one... A couple words. What would, what would you say to that to that man who wants to dress, you know, and dress? What would you tell him? I would say if that makes you happy, do it. Mm-hmm. I would say that whether I would say to transgender people who are not already a minority, I would say it's easier for people who are already minorities. Like I identify as African American. Growing up, African American has already taught me to have a thick skin. I would say if you are somebody who's in the majority and you do live a life of privilege and you are Caucasian, that you're going to have to develop a tough skin. Because if you want to dress in dresses or you want to transition to a woman, there are things that people are going to say and it's going to be painful. And you're going to have to learn that what those people say don't identify you and that is not what God thinks. So in that instance, if this person went in and dressed in a dress and said, went up to a pastor and said, you know, this is an issue and I know it's wrong or I feel it's wrong, um, as a pastor, you throwing them out is the worst thing you could do. You're there to be a representative of God, which means if this person really feels like what they're doing is wrong, throwing them out is not godly. That is not what Jesus did. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with what what exactly the details were. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, can't the story's speak, a little murky. Yeah, yeah too it's a little largely too into it. But then if that person just wanted to attend church in a dress and the pastor throw them out for that reason, that's clearly wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, the, the church is ran by donations. And so, therefore, it's like riding the Metro Transit bus. Everybody has a right to go to church. Everybody has a right to get on the bus. It's funded. As long as they pay. As long as they pay. Unless it's uh, St. Patty's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Or a Vikings game. Yeah, Vikings game. (laughs) (laughs) So, I feel like they should be able to uh, attend church in a dress or whatever you want. You know, as as long as it's not explicit. Mm -hmm. Like, don't Mm -hmm. wear you know, cutoffs and clothes that are inappropriate and stuff, but that's to anybody of any gender. You should come with a level of respect into the house of the Lord. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want to come in scantily clad. Like, Correct. Like, you know, uh, the average man's not going to go in there with a shirt off and some shorts. Right. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, I agree with that. So, um, so any last words you want to tell to people that may be thinking of transitioning, um, you know, or on that journey, what would you want to tell them? 
for people who are thinking about it, um, use the resources that we have, especially if you're in the state of Minnesota. We have such great health care. Use the resources to make sure this is the right choice for you. And if you know this is truly who you are and it's going to make you happy, do it because you only get one life. And for people who are on this, this journey, just remember every day is a new day. And remember that with every change, that's getting you closer to the person you know you are. So if maybe today you don't pass, just think tomorrow you'll be one step closer or a week from now you're gonna look different. You know, I, I track my progress every 15 days and I, in that span of 15 days, I see a difference every time. So you're not always gonna be at the place that you are right now. You're not always gonna feel the same way that you're feeling right now. Every day is different and you're getting closer to who you know you are. So just keep your head up and continue. All right, well that's a good uh, time to end that. Um, thank you, Taylor, uh, for allowing me to interview you. It's been a pleasure and an honor. And I hope that this interview can inspire other people that's going through the same journey or a journey similar to yours to be more positive about it. Because it sounds like you've had a more of a positive experience compared to other people. Would you say that? I would say that. I would definitely say that for the most part, it's been pretty painless. All right. Well, this is the first interview of Minorities Report. If you want, please subscribe. Um, my name is Patrick Perez Dominguez, and I'm signing off. Thank you.